Hey, Rage. How's it going, dude? All right. It's been a while. Yeah. This band's my favorite. Don't you love them? Yeah, it's going to be the best. I'm so stoked. Hey, girl. You want a beer? All right. Aw, oh, man. This is the best. I'm so glad we're all back together and stuff. This is great. Hey. Um, do you guys know about the party after the show? Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to go, but um, my friends don't really want to go. Can I get a ride? Welcome back. Episode 7. Episode 7. Lucky number 7. We are Weezer. We are Weezer and you are too. Yes. Gotta make a t-shirt of that, I think. Yes. We are Weezer on the front. And then, and you are too on the back. Or reverse it to make it weird. Somebody's walking up to you. They got a t-shirt on that says you are too. And they're like, we are what? Or we could both have we are Weezers and like arrows pointing. I'm, the, I'm to the with left Weezer. And to the right. Yeah. yeah. We are Weezer. We'll I mean, both have arrows. I think my idea would be as confusing and as strange as Weezer can be. You're walking down the street, says on somebody's shirt, and you are too. And you're a monkey, you know, who can type. That's you're an evolved human, but you're really just a monkey who can type. And you're like, I am too what? And when they glance past you, and because they're wearing the shirt, and they know that you've noticed the shirt. They do the finger guns at you, like, oh, now I know. And then when he it's walks Weezer. past you, you're like, oh, I am Weezer, and they won't know what that means. Right. They'll be mildly unaware of what that shirt is about. They won't know what happened to them just then. Nope. <laughs> but how are you this week? Uh, I'm good. Super good. It's starting to feel like summer. Yeah, it's getting pretty dang hot. Yes. Here in SoCal. Represent. Yep, it's it's hot. It's congested. It takes forever to get anywhere. Everything's really expensive. Woo woo. Even gas, or especially gas. But it's where your dreams come true, or they die. Or it's just your home, and you've always been there. And you don't know any different. Yeah. Uh, we will be doing a couple things this week. Uh, this episode will be uh, primarily focused on the song Jacked, Jacked Up, Up mm-hmm. along with its um, remix counterpart. Uh, we will then go into Juliet's garage, say, hello, Juliet, we're in your garage again. And she's going to, I think, what, go over some interesting dates? Yes. And how they correlate with something. She says she's got some... Some sort of conspiracy theory explanation. Some sort of complicated way of driving to a point about Brian Wilson and live shows and Weezer and Jacked Up. We'll see. I believe it has to do with the first date that Jacked Up was played live. Oh, should be so, fun. Yeah. Um, but we do want to take a second and talk about uh, the show. Yes. And a couple of future episodes. Yes. We're going to do something different. Um now that we've got a couple episodes under our belt, in our belt. We're a couple of couple. In our pocket. Um, I decided I would like to do a Say It Ain't So Part 2 because I was so nervous on uh, Episode 2 just to do a podcast in general. I don't feel like I did the song justice. Well, that's not fair. I would say you, you probably didn't do justice to your feelings. I don't think I was mentally prepared to discuss my feelings on uh, the song in general or 
back in the day what I thought of it. And I think things just came out of my mouth, flying out of my mouth because I was nervous. The flying, screaming monkeys of nervousness. Yes. It's hard. Neither of us are professional brad- broadcasters. See, that proves my <laughs> point. Neither of us are professional broadcasters in the least. So no. um, we, we do plan ahead. We format these shows and we love doing it. But this is just for funsies. This is just like sitting back and watching the old sports match or reading your favorite book for us. This is, uh, this is fun. But we do want the shows to be good, and especially for the songs that are iconic, we want to make sure that the content that we provide hits in the right way. And, and we certainly don't discount what we've done before. Right. Because we like it. I mean, and it if was, you don't, fight me. I found it to be interesting. I personally think that the fun, the facts are interesting, talking about the video. I think it could be better, and I want to give a better presentation of just everything about it and we'll we can do even deeper dive and we'll need a special suit one of those fancy watches with a dial on it so we don't get the bends an astronaut outfit but let's not over promise though we could just start talking and say say it ain't so is uh really like super good and like and then peter out and fail no that's not gonna happen but we'll still release it though even though we could just hide the fact that it didn't work we'll still publish it The the episode will be called We Tried. This is the last episode of the show. Goodbye. (laughs) And we give up. No, that's not going to happen. I just think I could do, I think I could do a better job of discussing the song in general and how I, and my feelings and thoughts on it and not be as nervous or, you know, I think I was worried about the content, worried about what I was going to say, how I'm going to sound making sure I did a good job on that song because it is so special to me. And I think sometimes when you are trying so hard that it like goes the opposite way, a la Weezer. Yeah. They've done that a few times Yeah, when Weezer has uh, squeezed a little too tight, but you were so concerned with whether or not you could walk that you tripped. Mm-hmm. You just got to walk. And I feel like now I'm, I'm cool. Like I, I got this. Mm. No, you're not cool <laughs> by anyone's stretch. You're doing a Weezer podcast. Right. I don't think we can say we're cool. So nerdy, but I feel yeah. <laughs> more comfortable even just talking Oh yeah, like a normal person now. This, is, this has become a lot more fun. Yeah. And by no means are we apologizing for past shows. We just love this the way you love the band, and that's why we're doing it. So you'll see. Yeah. Coming up, Say It I Ain't mean, So Part 2. Yes. And... I know you have a special thing you want to do. Well, I have this theory that the Future Scope trilogy, or at least the third part of it, is a spiritual sequel to Only in Dreams. Ooh. I don't know if I can back this up. Spiritual but, sequel. What yeah. is that? Like, define spiritual sequel? Well, it's not direct. Um, or it could be a direct, but it's not a direct. That No. Inadvertently you, direct? No, no, no. But you asking me has frustrated my point. No, it's more that there are certain things that Only in Dreams is about mm-hmm. that I believe are expanded on in the Future Scope trilogy. But I want to save it for the episode. I okay. don't I don't want to get into it yet. Well, that sounds very... I, I think it's in both the musical content and the lyrical content, but also mixing in some of the things that Rivers has said about everything will be all right in the end. The album, as well as comments he's made about Only in Dreams in the past... I mean, if I get to the end of this explanation and I realize that I'm wrong, I'm okay with that too. I just want to hash it out. I want to see if I'm right. 
And for those of us that don't know, what is the Future Scope trilogy? The Future Scope trilogy uh, is comprised of the last three songs on Everything Will Be Alright in the End. After the album proper ends, mm-hmm. tracks 11, 12, and 13 are a seven-minute suite of songs that are primarily instrumental. Mm. Uh, where in the second part, I believe there's vocals. Okay. Yeah. Of all the songs or just like the last few songs have vocals? Just the second part of the trilogy. Okay. Very minimal vocals and a lot of, hey, hey, hey. But it's primarily an instrumental track. I don't think I've ever heard the Future Scope trilogy. You, you don't make it all the way to everything will be all right in the end? I do, but I don't heard what you're talking about. Okay, you will. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. 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 <laughs> We're done. Hello, ladies and gentlemen and creatures of all kinds. Jacked up. Discussion. This won't be a jacked up discussion, though. No. It'll be a very forthright and endearing discussion that's well organized and thoughtful. Yes. Like us. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love this song so much. Uh, so much. And um, I'm going to want to know why beyond so I, much. I will tell you. Uh if my husband wrote a song, I would want this him to write me this song and sing this song to me the way that he sings it because it is like to me it is so romantic and even with just, all of the darker imagery? Uh What do you mean? Like possible death? No, but just while why do my flowers always die? There's, there's something mournful in this song, but that doesn't mean it can't be beautiful. And it certainly doesn't mean it can't be romantic. Yeah, well, I wouldn't even, I wasn't even like thinking about that. Just like all the other, the nice parts. And like, in less than a minute, I just burst your bubble. No, no, you're fine. So it's off of the White Album, which is the Weezer's latest al- album. It is track number nine, released April 1st, 2016. So not that long ago, but it was recorded in 2015, which is kind of a long time ago this was this released prior to the album no the album came out on april 1st and it was no joke yeah april fools anyone oh (laughs) no i'm not funny anyway moving on (laughs) it's two minutes and 53 seconds long the label is crush music uh is this their first album with crush it is okay uh written by Rivers Cuomo, Hugh Pescott, and Johnny Coffer. Good old Johnny. We've heard those names before. Yes. Half the personnel on this song show up on Jacked Up later. Nope. Not on Jacked Up, on Feels Like Summer. Yes. Um, We haven't heard about Hugh Pescott before. And he's actually a DJ. Better known as Red Light. Ooh. He's actually a record producer, remixer, and composer from England. So Everybody's from England. Apparently, he was brought up around the like '90s warehouse rave culture in England. I think that the '90s warehouse rave culture was maybe sooner in England than it was in America. Although I could be totally wrong. Maybe I just didn't know about it yet. 
So I thought that was cool. Uh, he has collaborated with Mob Deep and Raekwon. Do you know who they are? No. Yes, you do. Oh. I see your face. I will. I was trying to be. I. I was trying to answer ironically, like. <laughs> Uh, absolutely, I'm a huge Raekwon fan, but no, not at all. You don't like the Wu? Is Raekwon from the Wu Tang Clan? Yeah. No, I'm not a big Wu Tang fan. Wu Tang. I feel like I missed the boat on that. Okay, well, that's fine. And then they did that thing recently where they released an album that no one will hear, or only one person can hear. And then that Martin Shkreli guy bought it, the guy who jacked up the price of the EpiPen and made everyone's lives suck. He did buy it, and then he. Isn't going to give it to anybody, right? Right, which he's not so, supposed to. That's the point. That's so weird. I just, the guy's a douche. And, Who does that? I don't know. Who records a whole album and then doesn't release it? That's what I'm saying. So clever. Um, So uh, Hugh actually has also remixed Mary J. Blige. I wonder if he, but apparently he's a writer too. So I wonder what he's, maybe he helped write the music? Uh, probably. I mean, the, all that stuff's pretty collaborative. So depending on what of their ideas makes it to the final song, they get a writing credit in the order of what they did. Okay. So I assume he had just as much an effect, probably not as Rivers because Rivers conceptualized it, but he helped write it. Apparently he's like super up and coming fancy guy now. Um, super up and coming fancy guy. Mm-hmm. Says... Rachel of the We Are Weezer podcast. <laughs> yes. Watch the guy's career. That's his official Fly title. directly into the yeah. sun. He's going places, that Hugh. Upward and onward. <laughs> uh, pr- I think I already said it, but it's produced by Jake Sinclair. Ah, uh, Jake Sinclair, our it hero. Is officially released, and it is on the White Album, and then there's a special remix version on the deluxe version of the White Album. The inexplicable remix version. And guess who's on piano on this one? Who? Johnny. Johnny Coffer? Mm-hmm. Producer of Feels Like Summer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely say that Feels Like Summer and this song are of a suit. I think Rivers has even mentioned that um, where he won the battle of production on the White Album was with songs like Jacked Up. Now that you say that, it it does... It has a feel... Yeah. feels like summer they don't the song they don't sound precisely the same but listen to the lyrical content it could though. very literary dark as i mentioned during the feels like summer episode if we get a whole album of feels like summers and jacks jacked ups jacked ups i'll be totally happy oh yeah me too yeah you know musically it may not like be exactly what i want but i love what rivers is writing because even on the white album i know rivers can write happy songs about doing stuff at the beach and girls if he wants to get a little more literary and a little bit more heady i'm i'm for it that's why i like jacked up so much well this song starts off with piano pretty much right off the bat river starts singing and the first couple lyrics are if i stay the night will i fall in love if i stroke your hair it's gonna hurt so much and it's like i'm just like oh it's a, there's a, it so much. there's a news article from the Atlantic that describes the piano as a brothel piano, ah, which I or suppose old timey, like old timey brothel, brothel piano is so weirdly specific, but you know, this song starts playing yeah, who, two guys start duking it out and get thrown through a window. Who 
called something brothel piano. Why not saloon? Piano. Nobody. Why not saloon piano? Why not classical piano? Well, piano it's not, piano. It's not classical piano. Morrissey piano. Oh boy. Morrissey Morrissey <laughs> piano? <laughs> yes. Um, this song is described as a regret of a one night stand, which has me wondering. Um, that makes sense to me. I mean, lyrically it all ties in, but I wonder if this is one of River's personal songs or if this is one of his, is this a Summer Elaine or Drunk Dory in Drunk Dory or I is this a King be, of the World? I want it to be personal. Really? I want it to, be, I want it to come from like an actual feeling that he had or turn of events. It's weird that we make this request of Rivers. That's not something you, you say uh, about most bands that you like. I never say, I really hope that Billy Joe Armstrong writes something purely from the bottom of his heart. <laughs> like it doesn't matter as much with other bands. I wish Matt Bellamy from Muse would only sing about what matters to him. Yeah. Because these guys are storytellers, but for some reason, Rivers can't be a storyteller. He's got to be, we want your pain, Rivers, and we want it set to music, and that's all we want. There better be guitar solos. It's weird. Well, I don't know if this one is about pain or it doesn't. This sounds whole, incredibly I mean, painful. Most of it is not painful to me. It just, it's like he loves, he loves, like he feels like he's going to fall in love, like that he's in that moment. And the the one night stand thing kind of makes sense where it's like, oh man, like I'm going to fall in love with this girl if I sleep with her tonight. And uh, he feels emotionally naked, exposed. He would do anything. He would bury diamonds for her. And uh, he just wants, you know, it's like, I feel like he, you know, he's like that longing it is a pretty tremendous thing to call somebody the sun that they're orbiting. Mm-hmm. Say those forbidden words to me. Like he's like, tell me. Tell me you love me. I want to hear it. And the way he sings it, like his voice just like kills me. Like I die on this song. So. And he mentions supernova and cosmic dust, you spawn galaxies. If that's not a way to say that, baby girl, you are everything to me. Yeah. I and don't know what is. Also... When you were talking about Only in Dreams earlier, um, you know, this song kind of like just using those kind of uh, descriptive words in lyrics has me go back to that kind of. I know. I know exactly what you mean. It's uh, I mean, it's very interpretive. It's very and I keep using the word literary uh, only because it's so well crafted. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's these words strung together that elicit very strong visuals. You know, when he talks about wanting to dance with a girl and only in dreams, you know, he doesn't want to crush her pretty toenails. You know, he Rivers has a wonderful way in songs of articulating the beauty of something that he is beholding. You know, and he he makes it sound like the most important goddamn thing in the world. You know, I mean, imagine being loved by Rivers through song. I can't. You'd be the only girl in the whole, well, the only person in the whole galaxy. I mean, that's how it feels. That's how it would feel. And uh, I don't know. Listen to this song while you're driving really, really loud and tell me that you don't feel this song. I want to hear this song live. Yeah, but awkwardly turn it down when you come to a stoplight <laughs> because you're ashamed of your powerful voice. <laughs> you're a uh, you're you're a big, tall man. Yeah. In a, in a little Volkswagen bug, listening to Jacked Up really loud. Yeah, I've hit that falsetto with the windows down. How do you feel about the 
remix. Ugh. How do you feel about that? Do, 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 do. I don't know because I don't know what you're doing. It has like a whoop 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 whoop. Oh yeah, the the it has a dog in the background. Whoop whoop. No, it sounds like I don't know. Deep deep. I don't know how to explain that sound. That's okay. But no, there's you some added. I mean. Of course I do. But I'm I'm ribbing you. <laughs> there's some added production elements that I don't particularly care for. Um, I don't know why that particular song was chosen for a collaboration. Um, it's I a wonder, weird collaboration. I wonder if that came first because the the band was on tour pretty much right when the album released like when would they have gotten all that i mean they don't have to be together they could record remotely you know they do all that kind of thing all the time but i wonder if that was supposed to be a version on a record and they reworked it down to band only i've always had this weird Mm -hmm. idea that might be the case because fits in the tantrums not doing much right now um and nadia from pussy riot maybe not maybe they haven't come out with something recently but they feel like they just had that cd come out fits in the tantrums with the heart the neon heart oh probably it just doesn't feel hand clap song oh yeah make your hands clap no i just feel that this particular version probably didn't hit at the right time or wasn't complete um i don't care for the fits part um i don't really care for his voice it's not because i think it's bad i'm just not a big fan of the band so i'm not really one to say much about it um, I do really enjoy the Nadia part. If I lose my mind, can you let me yours? If I have no clothes, can I take yours? I go blind, can I use your eyes? I'm all jacked up, let me leave your life. Don't check or measure me, hear me. Don't judge or destroy me, feel me. I'm treasure, treasure your homie or enemy. Yes, I'm an very interesting that you liked the Nadia part, but not, you know, not in a bad way. I mean, it's a pretty Russian lady, so I'm dumb for that anyway, I guess, apparently, because I'm a guy. But um, there's the the vulnerability that Rivers has in his lyrics mm -hmm. are shared in hers, I think. Do you feel that same emotion coming from her version? Because I kind of don't. No, 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 no. I, I just mean in terms of their content. The, the wording itself fits better with the song, I think, than the fits part does. Uh, but no. Yes, I, written, I don't know that he's... Nece- I don't know that the fits part is necessary. No, I mean, Rivers... Is it just because he helped with the music too, do you think? Possibly. Maybe he did production, but um, I have no idea. But It's so short. It's like, did, was it necessary? Or could Nadia have done both? I don't know. Just curious. I wouldn't have wanted to hear her sing his parts. The strike a match, cut the lever, burn too fast. The sun will crash. The sun will crash. It doesn't make sense. I mean, she says, if I lose my mind, can you lend me yours? If I have no clothes, can I take yours? Um, There are even um, lyrical allusions to what Rivers is talking about. But let's be real. Rivers sells the emotionality better than most people do on most songs. I'm going to say those are Rivers' words. And I... I wish I, I don't know. I want to hear another version where Weezer does the remix in a Weezer way with only Rivers and maybe Brian or Scott instead, or Pat, even Pat sings too, instead of Nadia and Fitz. You want them to can't stop partying this song? Mm. You want seven versions? Sure. Why not? 
I guess, yeah. I mean, please actually band make new music. Give us the black album. We're waiting. <laughs> that too. Um I guess that Michael Sean Fitz of Fitz in the Tantrums, he is French. Ooh la la. Sorry. Yes. And in contrast to Nadia, who I'm not even going to try to pronounce her full Russian name. Um, we'll just call her Nadia, but it's like spelled. It, it doesn't look like Nadia, but maybe it's just how you pronounce it. It's Nadia. Um, That's, she's Russian. That's how you spell it in Russia. Nadia. Well, no, her full name is N-A-D-E-Z-H-D-A. Nadia. Nadia. Oh, I'm not even going to try, but yeah. it probably comes out sounding like Nadia. Nadia? Ugh, no. Na- nope. That was, a, that was a verbal typo. See? Sounds like Nadia. Na- um, Nadia? Probably. She's from a band called Pussy Riot, mm-hmm. and she's a Russian conceptual artist and political activist. Yeah, she was the one in the ski mask who sang protest songs and got jailed up in Russia for a long time. Because Russia is so nice to their artists. So this makes it even more strange to me, this get-together. It's like, how, how'd this happen? Who? I, honestly, I've, I think it's... Um, Probably a random encounter that we cannot even account for. But, it, I mean, she's probably trying to make a stab into some other work in America. I mean, I would try to parlay my imprisonment in Russia over being a political activist into some kind of career. Could be, yeah. That's what I would do. Um, You know, I haven't heard any Pussy Riot songs. Neither and it's have a I. very interesting name for a band. Um, But they, they, I guess they got arrested and got let go. Um, because obviously they spent a lot of time in jail. Do they have freedom of speech in Russia? I mean, I guess not, but then they let her out. Not as we know it. Um, a lot of that stuff is heavily controlled and the media is generally a propaganda machine. And I think that's probably why they got in trouble because they were just trying to have it be normal or like how we take it for granted here in the United States. Um, Nadia and you know, they're, they're young. She's 27. Yeah. So. She's got a youthful fire in her. Well, they and, they, and maybe they've been to the U.S., so they know what it's like. And, and I don't think it's anything like that. I don't, it's not like it's better in America. It must be something if they're getting arrested. Well, no, they, they, their songs were protest songs about, I believe, how women are treated and about the, the, the politics of Russia. I mean, because Russia, Russia is very unkind to everybody that's not like straight and the right color. I mean, they batter homosexuals. Women's rights are pretty poor. The people in general aren't doing too hot. It's the kind of country where um, the kind of countries, though there are so many, God, I sound ignorant, but they actually um, kind of beg their people to breed because no one's having babies. Mm. There's a lot more uh, women than men. And a very small amount of people run that country. It's what's known as a kleptocracy, I think, where a lot of the government is very rich and very few people run the place. Okay. But I, and I'm, I'm doing a lot of like. Off the cuff. Yeah. For stuff I've gleaned from the news. out of your head. But um, they were eventually released from jail, but they spent a considerable amount of time there. I wish I could find out exactly how much, but. I mean, really I matter. doubt that they even 
deserve to get put in jail in the first place. No, I mean people are people are persecuted yeah. for all sorts Speaking of weird their reasons. Mind. There, yeah. So because you don't you don't go against what the Russian government says. Um, she has a very nice voice, and uh, she does have like a very heavy accent. You can hear the accent, which I love. I love when an artist's accent comes through. Okay. I really appreciate that. And I, there's something very um, seductive and yearning in her delivery too. You know, her voice, maybe it's like the, she's got this, um, what's the word you'd use? Um, vibrato, maybe? I don't know if that's a masculine term, but she's got a, a vulnerability in her voice, which I really appreciate. And I remember that really perking up my ears for that remix. Like it's just parts of it that I really enjoy. Um, just the endless tinkering of Weezer songs kind of, boggles my mind after a while i don't know why they do this maybe they thought it'd be a nice crossover hit or maybe it's just for funsies i mean it wouldn't take terribly long to concoct this version and throw it on a deluxe it's not like it would have required much extra effort right i wonder if they i wonder if rivers had to re-record anything nah it doesn't sound like it it sounds like the the same vocal delivery okay um they played it first live on June 20th at uh, Charlotte. I just watched it. It looked like fun. Yeah, I wonder if that date will be important to the garage segment. Well, yes. We'll find out. I think so. I... There wasn't very much about this song um, that I could see. Um you don't get and a I, lot of behind-the-scenes information about a lot of songs. It's up to us. Yes. Well, I tried to kind of find stuff, but it was just very... It was watch, watch the video for the first time, and um, I would like to know how the collaboration happened. What video? There's no music video for this song. Huh? What video? No, it's just the, live, the YouTube of them oh, playing it. Oh, some YouTube upload? Mm-hmm. Was that the first time live on that uh, Panic tour stop in Charlotte? Mm-hmm. That's cool. It sounds pretty good. A little low energy. Yeah. The song has a, a pretty wonderful immediacy on the record, and I didn't really feel like that was translated well live. They should bring Nadia and Fitz and like do the remix live. Well, as we know, the band doesn't tend to play music from their new records, so <laughs> I'm assuming with the new record coming up, we'll hear even fewer White Album songs. But you know what, though? I'm going to chalk this up to the audience, too. And maybe this is why Weezer does stick to such big hits. But the audience just does not join in for new stuff. There's no enthusiasm for it. I go crazy. I think if you played it more live, people would get used to it and they'd sing along. I mean, how do you not know? There's plenty of other hits besides the hits that they could play. Yeah. I think. And they stick to a pretty tight grouping. You look at the set lists for that entire uh, tour last year. 16 to 17 tracks, mostly the hits. Yeah, I know a lot of, well, Weezer fans in general probably like don't want to hear. We want to hear some of the hits, but we also want to hear stuff from the new album. And then, you know, do us a solid and throw in something from Maladroit, Red Album, just anything different. Yeah. Like, I, I don't need to hear Beverly Hills live anymore. Nope. You don't need to cater to all the 47-year-old moms who know that one song off the radio. And mm. don't get you or understand you. Weezer. I mean, 
I don't know that that's the demographic that wants that song, but it was a joke. <laughs> I know it's not the demographic that wants are that you song, sure? but who? Yeah. Are you sure that that's you don't have the charts in front of you? It's not a good joke, but it's a joke nonetheless. No, I just wish that the band, and this is not what this segment is about, but I would love to hear a song like Jacked Up more often live because the more they play it live, the more it becomes this other thing. You know, songs transform live. Um, Trent Reznor said that playing Pretty Hate Machine live had everything to do with why his sound got heavier because the live members of the band at the time added a severe aggression to the Pretty Hate Machine music. I would Mm -hmm. love to hear more Weezer songs evolve live. You've perfected Beverly Hills, you know, you've mm-hmm. perfected Island in the Sun. You can do that stuff in your sleep. And I'd love to hear some of these wonderful compositions you guys have in your new albums, in your newer albums. I wonder. I'm going to drop back a little bit. Okay. Uh, there's an, an article from The Guardian where a freed Pussy Riot member says prison time was a series of endless humiliations. Yeah, Russian prisons don't sound fun. Mm. Yeah, they did not have a good time, and they were treated really poorly. Well, but their their uh, imprisonment was such a public spectacle. I don't think that anything too terrible could have happened to them because the world would have. That was a worldwide story. A big deal. Yeah. Well, that's probably they were making a point, right? Yeah, I would you know, imagine. I, I I do like her voice a lot, and I would. I think that Rivers, uh, when he collaborates with um, female artists, it always sounds really good. I love when he did the version of, um, if you're wondering if I want you to, I want you to with Sarah Bareilles. Mm -hmm. I love that version. That song especially is great for a duet. Um, I absolutely adore Go Away. Off of Everything Will Be Alright in the End with Bethany Cosentino from Best Coast. Mm -hmm. And then when uh, he sang um, Just Gave Up the Love of My Dreams, I think. With uh, Petra Hayden from way back in the Pinkerton days. Oh, yeah. It's a great Pinkerton B-side. There is a kind of video, kind of. It's a little animation. Oh, the the 8-bit thing? I want a t-shirt of that. That'd be a cute t-shirt. Yeah. But Jacked Up is a really interesting tune, which may very well have been the the forebearer of uh, what's to come. Maybe more so than I love the USA. Maybe more so than, I mean, feels like summer is what's to come. It is coming. But, because uh, really, I wouldn't say there's another song on the wide album that's like it. No. It's so good. It's really good. Sometimes it gets hard to talk about the really good songs. Cause you're like, oops, good. I feel like this song makes me want to cry. But at the same time, yeah, like I, I am... Standing in the rain, you know, say anything. The movie? Yeah. Of course. The part, you know, the part. The part. Yeah. Absolutely. That's kind of what's happening. Like it's raining and I'm like, ah. Yeah. This just goes back to how great Rivers is at imagery. Yeah. yeah. I like I like a lot of different bands. I'm doing a podcast about one in particular, but that there's a reason why. I mean, he's so evocative with his words and and he gets so much attention for being himself but he's a damn good songwriter and a lot of people seek him out i would say you know while some songs may be simple and catchy and not necessarily uh, have a lot of content or to be about anything this one is the opposite of that it's very deep and meaningful and um has a lot of feeling and i like it a lot 
I'm glad you do. Me too. Yeah. And if it's a sign of things to come, sign me up. Yeah. You want to rate this bad boy? Let's do it. All right. So I give it a lightning strap, a Weezer prom picture. Uh, I'm going to say a pad jamming on the drums because I really like the drums in that song. And a Blazer Brian for a total of eight. I give this song one Laser Eyes Rivers, a lightning strap, Scott in a vest, Pat jamming on the drums, Blue Album Rivers Head, and a Blazer Brian. How many is that? I'm going to let you add that up. 13. What, your song rating is going over 10. Just kill me. It's it's the most arbitrary thing in the world. But what that was song, yours again? Mine was 8. All right. Yep, I give this song a 6,494 because it, it flipping rules. <laughs> you get a 10.5 again, right? It's 21. Uh, Yeah, We Are Weezer gives Jacked Up a 10.5 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not out of 10. Hey, if it doesn't make sense, let's make it make less it's sense. It's 10.5. 10.5. Yeah, because Rick gave it an 8 and I got a 13. Would so. you say it's 10.5 on the Richter scale? Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes, I make the earth move under your feet. Because, <laughs> get it? Earthquake, mm-hmm. Richter scale? Yep, ground moon. name's Rick. But that's jacked up. Over you. Juliet, how are you? I'm good. How are you? We're back in Juliet's garage. Yeah. Yes. And it just occurred to me, um, since someone's whistling, uh, to sing, we are, we are a Weezer. Do you know what that's from? That's, no. It sounds like, no, it sounds like P.O.D. We are, we are the youth of a nation. No, oh, that's interesting. It's actually, we are, we are a waiting. What is that? It's from American Idiot. It's from Green Day. Oh, mm. Are We the Waiting? Yes. I That's know that, of course. I, well, it's one of my favorite songs. I don't I don't know what all the lyrics are saying, but... It's an amazing song. I am sad song. that I just outed myself as a... P.O.D. <laughs> person with knowledge of P.O.D. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That's okay. It was, it was uh, you know, it was there. P.O.D. sucks. It happened. It happened. It did. I don't even know if I know any thing. P.O.D. Oh, you I do. mean, I know that song, but... But then you do. So deal with it. You have to come to terms with that on your own. But I don't have the CD in my collection. Neither do I. Shut up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have the CD. I have the CDs. Okay, so this is historical. Oh. <laughs> it is. Yes. It's my segment. I'm just... Juliet's segment I'm is... I'm just going to point out that I don't like that this segment has become about my love for P.O.D. <laughs> no, no. I say it's historical as a segue into... My topic, which is the, uh, it's a day in the Weezer history. Oh, what yeah. day is it? Uh, June 20th. Hmm. And I find this significant because I know that you guys will be talking or have been talking about um, a song on the White Album. Oh. And yeah, so the, the first thing that's mentioned on this day and the last thing that's mentioned on this day chronologically ties it all together so take us down the rabbit hole i will start you with june 20th 1942 that is the day that brian wilson of the beach boys was born okay Mm. so can you imagine if he was never if this 
if he never existed, would we have Weezer? I we I would have Weezer in probably a different form. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And with River's with obsession with pop music and pop music structure. I I would say even let me say, arguably would Brian we Wilson's have the father Weezer of as we now know Weezer. No, no. I don't yeah. think so. So it's it's truly a significant day for that. Thank you for being born, Brian Wilson. There you go. Couple notes. The mics pick up everything. So the table, oh. you can hear it. And I'm I, so loud. No, your oh, okay. volume is fine. You got to talk directly into oh, the okay, mic. Okay, yes. You're right. You got to look at us with your eyes. I'm like looking if at you. you and if don't. you have to just look at her the whole time, it's fine. Yeah. But try to talk directly into the mic. Okay, good point. Okay, a minute is not a minute, but a beat of silence. So then, June 20th, 1994, uh, Weezer opens for material issue in Phoenix, Arizona at the Roxy. Now, I know you guys are thinking, material issue. Who is that? I feel like everybody forever is asking that question. (laughs) And I have to tell you that I did not know who they were either until someone uh, played me the song of Valerie Loves Me. It's very 80s sounding. Yeah, it's, it's kind of 80s, but it was in 1994, probably their first uh, tour uh, that they were doing, uh, that they were going on. And um, I find it significant because no one knows who Material Issue is anymore, but everyone knows who Weezer is. So, Well, Material Issue was only popular for like a couple years right or Mm. were they around a long time i don't know anyways uh are they english no they're not they're from chicago (laughs) i was watching that video for valerie and he looked english Mm. (laughs) yeah they look but maybe it's just that they look 80s and Mm. we associate 80s with looking english Mm. i associate the 80s with crazy pants (laughs) beetlejuice jackets Uh Mm uh-huh yep mtv for sure (laughs) um okay let's move to the next year june 20th 1995 weezer opens for the offspring in paris france at zenith on their smash tour hold on a second yes weezer's opening for offspring yeah isn't that interesting yes what year 1995. Okay. Oh, that makes sense, though. Yes, it does. The, were, the Offspring's were, a massive band. That's probably a good gig for them at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know the Offspring because they're an OC band. But so. those are not two tastes that taste great together. That'd be weird. Mm. Well, I think the Blue Album, though, is is you know was commercially viable because it was commercially viable, and well, Offspring for, is no doubt about that. But just the two types of sound. E- yeah. To go from. To go from you, My Name is Jonas, because if it was the Blue Album era, Blue Album yeah. era, short set, it would have been all Blue Album songs. That's why I'm wondering, like, what and songs you go they into did off the Blue Smash Album. Or whatever. Mm. It'd be really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, do you think, do you th- sorry, do you think Offspring fans were like, what the hell is this? Well, Probably. I think it's definitely, um, like, you know, garage bandy enough and, like, kind of rambunctious enough to probably tailor to that that uh, at least some people in the audience i don't think it was too far-fetched it's a k-rock band i mean they're a k-rock band mm-hmm. so you know <laughs> i think it's it's not it's not too far-fetched and then in june 20th 1997 weezer opens for no doubt in camden pa another oc band at the e center on their tragic kingdom tour now that's the tour that they broke out on so no doubt or, or weezer uh no doubt that was like when she yes you know, that was their first big hit Tragic Kingdom. The the album went like 
crazy. And I think that was when they like signed with the label and everything like that. So um, talk about two different sounds, though. So Lizarin. they yeah. have literally been friends this entire time, right? Like we can we can just say that that they hung out, their kids hang out together and stuff, and play probably probably play dates. <laughs> Get, like Gwen's on. kids and yeah. River's kids? Yeah. Gwen's kids are a little older, but yeah. yeah. Actually, they probably span the time of... And she has some a little one. She has a little one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just was around. And But they're always like kind of have this connection, but I'm sure a lot of bands in LA have like a, a connection of some sort, but... K-Rock. Yeah. Is their connection. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Alternative. Their neighborhood, mm-hmm. too. They probably are neighbors and... Sure, Probably. preschools and grocery stores and nannies and <laughs> yeah, I don't think they have a nanny. The the, the Cuomo the kids? Oh, probably not. They probably have a few nannies. Um, you think? Yeah, I think so. Who speak Japanese to them so they can, you know? <laughs> I just don't visualize them having. I don't visualize Gwen having nannies and Gwen has totally. Nanny. That's that's who Gavin was cheating with. Yeah, mm-hmm. a wannabe Gwen. Yeah, that was a weird. Yeah, sorry. Okay, sorry. Sorry for the digression. Um, I. Why would you cheat on Gwen Stefani? Because you're crazy. That's just foolish. Yeah, wrong. No, I mean I get it. I guess if you're in a marriage and you're not happy, you're not happy. It doesn't matter what they look like or who they are. But goddamn. Why? I think it's like an ego thing too. Mm-hmm. Like when when the wife starts making more money, Ugh. that's mm-hmm. that's let it go. <sighs> and then there's another one who wants to make you feel like you're the money maker, where you know maybe Gwen doesn't look at him like that anymore. You know, oh, I mean he's very pretty. That makes me sad. <laughs> we don't we don't know the inside of a man's mind but no it's hard i to wish say. i did but it is it is utter foolishness to any of you blake blake shelton <laughs> i'm watching you <laughs> i don't know that they're gonna be together forever but why do you, want you never know they could be kurt russell and goldie hahn they could my be. my homegirl juliet's got it why I do you want love to be happy. dead why I do don't. you want love to be no dead? i don't i just think you know i don't know I don't know what kind of guy he is. He seems like a nice, he seems like a nice thrown back beers. Isn't he a cheater what? too, or was she the cheater? No. Oh, I don't know. Her forehead did all the cheating. She, she was, was the, cheater. the cheater. Okay. Absolutely. So they're both cheater victims. Wait, alleged. We don't Allegedly. want to be sued for libel. There you go. Well, let's turn it around to something more fun. Yes. Okay, June 20th, uh, 2008. Weezer holds their fourth Hoot Nanny in San Francisco, California. Hoot Nanny. That's like, Yeah. <laughs> And, they getting... and for people who don't know what Hoot Nanny was, that's where they had the um, the fans come up and play their instruments. Is that right? Yes, the a big large group played several songs, and I, if I'm not mistaken, we might have mentioned this on a previous show. Rivers was wearing a conductor's uniform. <laughs> he looked like a like a weird character on a kids' TV show, okay. like with a full hat and everything. I, there's definitely YouTube videos. Of, I need to yeah. watch this it's immediately. It's brilliant footage of the Hoot Nanny. Yeah. Maybe not this particular Hoot Nanny, but of Hoot Nannies. Weezer Hoot Nannies for sure. And also that day was of Webisode 5, uh, which was released, The Plots of Scott, which was just so interesting. It was Scott, as Scott's dog asking him questions about preparing for the Hoot Nanny later on. He, uh, yes, it's a, it's a cute little Webisode. We just watched it where the dog 
you pan to the dog. The dog asks a question via text, and then Scott is driving and answering. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so cute. It was fun. It's yeah. cute. It's it's a, a way to definitely like you know let people know. What's it seemed happening. like he was excited about going to it. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that was fun. And then the last thing was June twentieth, two thousand sixteen. A Weezer played live in Charlotte, North Carolina at the PNC Music Pavilion on a co-headlining tour with uh, Panic! The Disco. Hell yeah. Um, I'm sure everyone went to that. I know I did. And the song Jacked Up is played live for the first time. So the song Jacked Up is played live for the first time on the anniversary of all of these other wonderful occurrences. And Brian Wilson's birthday. And we're and talking birthday, about Jacked Brian Up today. Wilson. And, yes, and Brian Wilson, We, as we know, like there's a big old Beach Boys kind of influence going back to the roots for the White Album. It's massive, all over that record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And then Jacked Up, Brian Wilson. That's the beginning of the history in Weezer, uh, history <laughs> of that day. And then at the end is Jacked Up. That's, mm-hmm. that's which, where we're at. Which arguably is a pretty Beach Boysy song. With that piano. Some of the symbolism. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Jacked up over you. Yeah. <laughs> I like the song. It's great. Did you listen to it on the way over here? Uh, I did not on the way here, but I have listened to it over and over and over. On I, I think the <laughs> question too. is, did we listen to it on the way here? Because we're in Juliet's garage. Yes. Yes, yes we did. Juliet, did Lots. you play this song before we got here in your garage? <laughs> uh, in my mind. In your mind. Because <laughs> I was singing. Do, well, which... that and Valerie loves me. Valerie loves me. <laughs> which version do you like more? The, uh, uh, the remix version or the album version? Um, to be honest, I've only heard the album version and I love it. What? I don't know why I would want to move on to the other, but you guys are going to have to uh, definitely educate me on the other. Sorry, I just got like super oh, excited. I can't believe that you I haven't heard the other version. You got to. Like, I, I will. You know what? I'm going to kick you guys out so I can go listen to it. Yeah. Well, fine. I'll allow it this for that reason. This what happens in my garage stays in my garage and it's my <laughs> personal garage. So I need to go listen to that song. Well, if you're going to be all hoity about it, you'd need to sweep. Sweep? Yeah, it's a little musty in here. You know what? You talk about my boxes. You talk about the beer that's around. Now you're talking about, I think I need to give you a broom. I know. If I've been so rude. Done, I need to do chores. If you want something done, you got to do it yourself. Well, but, that means you're going to sweep. Yeah, I think it's no, just fine I'm, in here. I'm fine. The way that it's a little sawdusty. It's like, I have some peanuts over there in a barrel. I mean, I'm fine the way it is here. I made it this way. If you guys out there listening could send us your interpretive sketches of Amy's or Juliet's garage, we'd appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I want to see what other people see. Juliet, as always, we love to join you. We it's love such the factoids. A pleasure. Yes, explaining thank you. explaining all of this, it sounded like you were trying to explain the bullet that killed JFK. I liked like it. And then it went we here. We totally and then it went, went full circle. You know what? I will do that on another segment for Please another do. podcast. It's JFK. Oh yes, diagrams and. Pointer sticks? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Black maybe, and white photos. Maybe Rivers will write a sequel to The British Are Coming called The Zapruder. It'll be all about the bullet that killed JFK. Right. <sighs> and you, I don't know if you guys saw that movie with uh, Kevin Costner. He wore glasses very similar to Rivers, I think. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Just to tie it back. There's some I sort like of it. Illuminati conspiracy going on. There is a conspiracy. Did Rivers <laughs> time travel? Did Rivers shoot JFK? <laughs> From the grassy knoll? 
Holy Can shit. Can rivers time travel? Is this like what's happening here today? Guys, we might have discovered something <laughs> that's too important to discuss here. <laughs> for fear of we've, our lives yes we've got to go the fbi is on to us and do you hear uh, that knocking juliet run <laughs> sorry <laughs> open up it's the time travel police but anyway we love you juliet we'll see you next time somewhere down the road yes thank you That was a, an incredibly enjoyable discussion of Jacked Up for me. A perplexing song, but a really good one. Yes. And a great example of why Rivers is so good at what he does. Yes. So, so good. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, that's this week's episode. A nice low-key episode for a quiet evening. Yes. You know, start us as you go to sleep. Finish us when you wake up. <laughs> Have a nice cup of joe. Yeah. Uh, listen to... We are Weezer. We've gone a little NPR on this one. Uh, You're listening to We Are Weezer, uh, where we discuss the enigmatic and emotional Rivers Cuomo and his missives set to music. (laughs) Join us Thursdays and Fridays on the fourth Wednesday of every month. And we will speak very quietly from now on. Yeah. No, we promise we won't (laughs) go NPR. Um. Thank you very much for listening. Yes. Oh, thank you, Rick, for doing our sound. Oh, you're welcome. As always. Yeah, sorry for the dogs, the sirens, the birds, but I apparently live... Don't apologize for the birds. I apparently live in a wondrous wooded heaven that (laughs) I didn't realize till I put microphones to it. Eh, There's nothing wrong with it. No. It's all good. Enjoy it. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are Weezer. Send us an email. Uh, we are Weezer Forever at gmail.com. And uh, check out the website. Yeah, we are Weezer.com. Very easy. All, all the stuff is there too if you want to go see. Uh, what You can click on About. Uh, It'll talk about us. And uh, there's links to SoundCloud. Yep, links to our SoundCloud episodes, some of the things we talk about in the show. If it's a particular note, you can click through, buy yourself the remix on iTunes of Jacked Up if you want to. I did this thing called Six Degrees of Weezer, where each episode I'm going to link all of the people that we discuss and get some kind of Weezer web going. So yeah. that'd be The fun connections eventually. are strange, but it's fun to put them together. Yeah. Well, as always, uh, again, thank you for listening. We thank are Weezer. You. Your Weezer. See you later. Adios. Adios. Hello, Weezer.